Hi, and welcome to Real Nurse Stories. Today on the show, I'm very pleased to welcome Leonie, who's a retired nurse. Leonie currently lives in Eton, which is in Bunbury, a lovely part of Western Australia. And today she's going to share her career story. She's had a really interesting um, career working in um, the outback and the remote area of um, Western Australia. So I'm not going to give away too much more. I'll go straight into say welcome to the show, Leonie. Thank you, Eva. And that's that's good. That's good. And we'll start at the beginning, I think, Leone, and and maybe if you could just share with me, you know, what what made you want to become a nurse in the first place? And if we could start there. Yes, of course. Um, I I lived in the in the Pilbara after I left boarding school, and had a a year. Uh, a break between leaving there and starting nursing. So I, all I did was ride horses and have a jolly good time up in the Pilbara on the beach at Onslow. The, the, the day that I had to decide for my parents' sake what it was I was going to be and how I was going to be it, um, I just raised my eyebrows and they said, I think we'd better get somebody in who knows you to suggest perhaps what you should be. And so they contacted my boarding school and the answer was nursing. Uh, the closest nursing to me was Geraldton. Mm -hmm. And that belonged at the time to what was called the Government School of Nursing. And they had a nursing school at Geraldton, Collie, Kalgoorlie and uh, Ge uh, yes, Geraldton. So I toddled off to Geraldton and spent three, three years there. It was very like boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, you know, we were checked every night at 10 o'clock that we were in our beds or we answered to the matron uh, very much uh, in the but. I was only thinking this morning when I thought of talking to you, how many, how heavy the bedpans were. And I was thinking, <laughs> for a good memory. <laughs> That's great. Always changing bedpans. And they were, some of them were so heavy and then out to the pan washer and into the steriliser um, and back to the ward. And, Apart from waking people up at five in the morning on night duty to watch them so that we had our allocation already sponged mm. <laughs> before day, day start came on. Um, these are just, and also learning to lay out bodies. Um, so how's that for, for reminiscing about what I learnt? I know, I know. <laughs> Just, I'm just curious. Were the bedpans the metal bedpans, or were they were they? They were metal. Yeah, they they were metal. metal. Yeah. <laughs> and one of our uh, enrolled nurses, she actually was an orphan who had been raised in a in a home in Geraldton by the nuns, and she came to work with us, and it was her job to wash and shine those bedpans and make sure they went in the steriliser. 
and she she really took it to heart. The bedpans and the urinals, all metal. So you can imagine how cold they were for people to sit on. Sit on, I can imagine that. <laughs> yes. And then, of course, you ran in with a bowl of water because there was hand washing after that. Yeah. But there was no, there were no patient showers or no. baths. Uh, and we did all the washing of the patients and the sponging. Mm. So nobody got taken out of bed and put in the shower. As I said, if you were on night duty, you had an allocation of people who have had a sponge mm. before day staff came on. Yeah. <laughs> Poor yeah. things. I know. Imagine being woken up at that time of the morning. <laughs> you hadn't done your share. <laughs> What, Leonie, what were your first impressions of your nurse training? Because you, you've come from the Pilbara and the Pilbara is very different, isn't it, to, to Geraldton. And I would imagine that that was quite, as a young girl coming straight out of school to start training, must have been quite a shock. Well, not, not really in my instance, uh, because when I went to boarding school, my parents left for the Pilbara and they, and they sent me off to Katanning, to boarding school in ah, Katanning. okay. Yeah. So they went off to the Pilbara. I went off to Katanning. Um, and then when I finished school, I went home for a year and did some more uh, remote learning mm -hmm. at the little one-room school in Onslow mm. uh, until I could enroll as a nurse in Geraldton. Mm. So I did some, I did some uh, distance learning for a year as well up mm. there. Yes. But that, yeah, so I, I know they, I would go off to the little one-room Onslow school. There was a headmaster, there were eight, a teacher, and I would sit out on the back veranda and do my distance learning. <laughs> and then I went off to nursing. I tell you, <laughs> nursing for me was just another... Another phase in my remote learning experience, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what was I, the hospital like? What was Geraldton Hospital like at that time? Was it a big hospital or...? The three hospitals were built pretty much the same way. Mm -hmm. They were uh, a, a long extended building uh, on the bottom floor with a surgical floor, a, a, a medical a surgical floor for men and women with a little office in the middle. Mm -hmm. On the top floor was the medical floor for men and women, separated, of course. Uh, my, um, and on the top floor also, right at one end, was the matron's office. Uh, so the, And at the back was a back veranda with a pan room on it. <laughs> and one toilet for the staff. And if anybody died upstairs in a medical ward, you rang the police from next door to come and help you cart the bodies down the stairs from the back veranda, up the hill outside mm. to the morgue. Uh, it was fairly remote, but it was, it was no different to Geraldton, it was no different to Collie, and it was no different mm. to the other Mm. Uh, nursing mm. establishments that were run by the health department. And what kind of experience did you gain as, as you know as a student? Was it 
Um, again, resilience. <laughs> I guess I couldn't get myself out of the mindset of still being in boarding school. Mm. What I learned from the nursing part of it was um, sort of how to do things. I, I, when I look back, I think that there were senior nurses there who found me um, somewhat probably uh, uh, difficult to manage. I wasn't the sort of girl who was easily managed, mm. I think, when I look back. Mm. I, uh, you know, I didn't, and I think they took pleasure in, in taking it out on me a bit. I remember I forgot to ask when I did an evening shift if everybody you know, had had their bowels open. And uh, because I forgot to ask, I was sent around next morning and given to, to give, uh, I had to give uh, people enemas mm. if they hadn't had their bowels open two days mm. before, mm. simply because I forgot to ask them. Mm. So it was more mm. to teach me a lesson than to worry about. Mm. You know, when I think back, um, I don't suppose it was the best enjoyable time I ever had. Mm. I enjoyed nursing far more after I finished training than yeah. I did yeah. my training. I found my training to be very like boarding school where you followed the rules and that was more what mattered mm. in, in that hospital. Um, the senior nurses uh, felt very uh, comfortable in in ordering staff around. Of course, mind you, in those days, we stood up and put our hands behind our back when a doctor walked past. And we never answered unless we were spoken to by a doctor. Mm. Um, very regimented. The whole thing was regimented from the senior staff right down. qualified as a nurse, as a registered nurse. And then where did you go next, Leonie? Well, I got, I, I became, I went, I was engaged for the last year of my training. So after I finished, I married. And um, then uh, we, my husband was a policeman. And so we moved around the countryside with, with his job. Uh -huh. um, so my first job after leaving training was at Bethesda Hospital in Cottesloe, a little private hospital. And um, we, we were very poor, didn't have any money. And I made a, uni a white uniform because I had an out of sheet. I didn't have a white uniform or B have any money. <laughs> I mean, I'll never forget that. Um, Bethesda. But that was quite a pleasant little place to work. I was only there for nine months. 
uh, before I started Night Duty at St John of God in Subiaco. Okay. Which was very interesting. Um, there were some, just looking back, the things that I remember most about Night Duty in Subiaco was again, it was fairly regimented. Mm. Um, I walked out to the pan room early one morning and there's one of the little old, the little old nun who was in charge of the ward. I was squatting on the <laughs> pan watcher. <laughs> I caught her. But we were, we were expected to lay out the pills for the early morning day start, things like that. Mm. Very archaic type of, oh, I mean, we didn't know any better and no, nobody else did either. Mm. But now, nowadays, there's no way I would be giving pills that have been put out by anybody else to mm. a patient. Mm. Um, and the important things we had to have on night duty was the quilts all level and the blinds all level <laughs> and the <laughs> patients propped up in bed. <laughs> and, and why be tired if the quilts weren't level or the blinds weren't level? I mean, these are, you know, going back to those days, it was so very regimented. Um, it's funny though, because I can remember I did my training in the 80s, 1980, I started my training, and we used to have to do things like taking the flower vases away and putting them in the sluice room at night. Oh, yeah. You I weren't tried. allowed to leave them there. So there were certain right. things then that yep. were still kind of hangovers okay. from, you know, that very regimented era in nursing. Um, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I mean, because we didn't know any different, to us, that was okay, you yeah. know? It yeah. didn't, have any, didn't have any reason but no. except no. to except to look good or to as you say not allow germs out of the water the flowers were in to That's be in right. the water right. yeah yeah <laughs> but, uh, yeah so i did some night duty at st john's for about six months mm -hmm. um then i went and did about a year in the tv ward at hollywood uh, they were the return servicemen then in those days. Yeah. What I remember most about, I really enjoyed that, but what I remember most about that is that because they were there for so long, they were making children's toys. They were <laughs> highly infectious. <laughs> <laughs> they were highly infectious with cheap things. Because they were there. For so long, they were making all the children's toys. Gosh. And some of them were licking sticky bits. Oh, no. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and, of course, a lot of them had friends that would bring them grog bits that was out under the bushes, uh, and at night they could sneak out and, and yeah. just snap a I mean, some of those guys were there for more than a year or even yeah. two years. <laughs> um, after Hollywood... I went off to work night duty at King Edward uh, in the in the gynae ward there, and um, I did night duty there. And Miss Denny, who was the director of nursing there, I don't know if you've heard of her. Mm. She was in charge of uh, King Edward Hospital for many many years, 
She'd been in the army herself and she had the senior nurses in tears if ever she called them into one of her into her office. But she said to me, she asked me about myself and what I was doing because my marriage had broken up quite a few years before that. So I was on my own with three children, uh, pretty much from when I first went off to uh, Bethesda, way back at the beginning. Um, and she said to me, how, how come you're doing night duty? You've got three children. She said, if you're interested, I will get you a um, scholarship and you can do your midwifery. So I sailed off to Edith Cowan on a scholarship. Thank you to Miss Denny. Huh? Wasn't that lovely? That was. That was. Uh, I used to. Um, I used to sleep over if I was a late early at King Edward, and, and my house was a long way away. Then it was two, a dry, an hour and a half drive. I used to sleep on a uh, a bench in the lounge room. I could hardly. I couldn't stretch out on the bench. It was pretty hard. But I'd taken some blankets in. I would do a, a, a late early on the on the bench in the lounge room. Um, that was so. That was I did my midwifery. I loved it. Uh, I really, really loved that uh, and the gynae that went with it. Um, I just ask you, Leonie, how did you manage to do that? With your children would have been quite young at that age. How did you? managed to juggle that the whole studying midwifery with three young children as, as a single parent really there i i put i put out an ad in the paper for someone a teenager yeah to sleep over at my place oh a young person i said could yeah. is there anybody out there who would be prepared to sleep over at my house um and make breakfast for my three. They were only little. Yeah. yeah until I yeah. got home. And I found somebody. And she was great. She yeah, was lovely. Yeah. Uh, she hadn't done much schooling. Um, and she was desperate for a few dollars herself. And uh, so she stayed over at my house while uh, I was at work at King Edward at night duty. Uh, or... or I was able to call her up if I had to do night and when I was doing midwifery. Mm. Um, I suppose I was at, I did my midwifery, then, then I met my second husband. Not that we were married, but we lived together for a while and he, and I got offered a job at the brand new hospital at Rockingham as deputy director of nursing because mm -hmm. I had my midwifery. Uh, that was that was terrific. I really enjoyed that job. And I knew then, I think I knew then, that I liked being in an admin. Mm. I liked the administrative sick part of it mm. more than I liked the hands-on part of it. Mm. Um, and what was it that, hmm? what was it that attracted you to that 
that kind of because it's like a leadership management role at that level wasn't it as you say not so much hands-on what was it that you given given the history of being bossed around all my <laughs> life in boarding school and nursing you know yeah it just it must have appealed to me to think that I wasn't going to be bossed around anymore <laughs> and I could help with the decision making. Um, I think, looking back, I think being, obviously I wasn't the sort of girl that was comfortable in, in being subservient uh -huh. to anyone else. Um, I think I was too much like my father. He 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 was a he was a lieutenant commander in the Royal Navy. He held many uh, responsible jobs when he came out of out of the war, yeah. and uh, he, he was always in administration of one sort or another. When we lived mm. in the in the Pilbara. Uh, and I think, looking back, I think I'm more like him. I was just going through his paperwork, a bit of paperwork, and I know I keep articles, and I found this envelope full of articles, and I thought, my God, I'm turning into my father. I had to throw them all out. Now, um, I was deputy director at Rockingham for a couple of years, and then I was recommended by the director of nursing there for a job at Hollywood, at um, Charles Gardner, the, the new Charlie Gardner, yeah. the new building, just opened, uh, 1980, I think it was. And the day that it opened, I started there as uh, the night supervisor. Uh, and it was, I would drive to work and the lights were on at night in this big new multi-storied building, oh, it was brand new. I had a I had a great job um, on night, you know, working with a multitude of staff, different types of staff. Mm. And then at one stage, the uh, director, the deputy director of nursing, went on leave, so I took her job, her her role as well. Um, and I got some nice letters thanking me. From from the uh, medical uh, people in the in the hospital. Um, then from there, I I was there for a couple of years, night duty again. Because um, night duty gave you freedom to be yeah. in charge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know where I've come from, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to be the boss. <laughs> Ask the children or my husband to be here while I'm talking like this. <laughs> I say, Yes, mum, that was you. Always telling us what to do. Always <laughs> setting us with expectations. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think I, I see myself turning into my father more every day. Uh, then, then I was director of nursing at Bunbury Regional from, uh, I think it was about oh, 82 to 90. Uh, there. So when they opened a brand new Bunbury Regional Hospital, mm. I I moved off. Then I gave it away. 
it's me. It's me. You've had a. It's really interesting because you you've you've done a lot of different things there, haven't you? I mean, just to as you were talking about um, Sir Charles Gardner as a new hospital, and that's that's quite rare in in a nursing career to actually start okay. somewhere completely new. So that must have been absolutely. They had a. They also implemented this brand new U-Butte uh, computer system from America. This was uh -huh. going to be something the whole of Australia would end be. Well, what a mess. Uh, it cost them $25 million to implement it. Mm. They had to bring people across from the United States. And then nobody knew how to use it. So luckily on night duty, I didn't have to be, you know, worried too much yeah. about that. But what I could do, of course, was roam around this massive new building, checking out all the all the rooms that other people hadn't seen before. Yeah. Like there was, they had this brand new isolation unit, all made of glass, mm -hmm. thick glass. It's probably still there for people that had Ebola or mm -hmm. some disease that nobody knew how to look after mm. and the patient would go in there they had uh, a special airflow that went through one end and out the other uh, the, all their um, toilet stuff was uh, double uh, disinfected through a special tank I thought, oh, that was a great thing now I heard only a couple of months ago that they'd used it I don't know whether yeah. they've used it ever before, yeah. but you could see the patient and the nurse. Of course, the nurse was in there for the full shift and had yeah. to be sterilised, if you like. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but they had this reverse flow air. They had this reverse flow toilet. Um, and if the nurse was in there with the patient, she communicated through the glass because yeah. she was there for the full shift. But it was never used while I was there. But I think I read a couple of weeks ago that, that, that they'd used it. They probably used yeah. it with all the COVID-19, I would think. That's, might have done. Yeah. Might have done. Yeah. But I roamed around the hospital at night, poking into areas that yet hadn't been opened. <laughs> it, was, it was fascinating. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, you know. And one of the, the roles that I had, one of the things that I... It wasn't a role... It was something I did myself uh, after I first came on and get around and made sure the night staff were there and okay, was go down to emergency department and talk to the relatives of all the people that were waiting there uh, for their relative to be seen uh, by the emergency department staff. Uh, and I would make it my business to ask them, were they okay? Was there anything I could do for them? Can I act as an, inter you know, intersect uh, with the medical staff for them? Or um, can I, you know, help them in any way with information about what was happening to their family in emergency? Just, just things like that. Uh, just to reassure the people who were sitting there waiting. Uh, about their relative and what was happening to their relative. I remember getting myself a bit, I wished I hadn't now, I look back and there are things you wish you hadn't done. 
And one of them was I cracked down on the night nurses in emergency department, making up the beds for the, for the doctors who yeah. sleep over there. And um, I said, but hang on, you guys are better off working with the patients and their relatives rather than running around after the doctors making up their beds. But when I, with hindsight, and I look back and I think those poor young doctors, they were beside themselves. They were all just, mm. you know, new and young and trying to learn the ropes. Yeah. And the fact that they could have a bed to throw themselves on and catch a few hours sleep, I look back and I think I was harsh there, too harsh. But, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Charlie's more than I think I enjoyed anything other than midwifery. Midwifery I loved. Midwifery you could, because I had children myself, I could feel exactly what they were going through. But I particularly liked the young girls, the little, the young ones who were either having to give up their babies or whose mother would come in and say, nobody is getting my grandchild. Mm -hmm. um, and I followed one of them through to see how she settled down. I did it as an assignment after she'd gone home. And that was interesting. She took her baby home to live with her mother and uh, she was saying to me when I was talking to her, oh, she said, I've got girlfriends that all want to be out and about, but I'm, she's only 15. I'm not going to be wanting to, I'm going to stay home with my baby. And I realised, having had children myself, mm -hmm. just how unreal their expectations were as a 14 or a 15 year old mm -hmm. about themselves and their babies. Um, thinking, darling, when you're 17, you're going to be desperate to be out there with your friends yeah. and having a bit of time and not be left home with your mother saying, don't you dare go out, on your, you know, you've got a baby to look after. They just didn't understand how unrealistic that was. Mm. Um, the first baby I ever delivered was 14. And her, her the boy that was sitting with her, uh, and cheering her on and rubbing her hand and telling her she was okay. Um, wasn't her boyfriend. He was out in the corridor. He couldn't dare to watch. So he sent his mate in. Mate's <laughs> <laughs> up with his girlfriend and she was only 14. Gosh. And he, the boy, I went out there to tell him he'd had a baby girl and he was a young ringer, you know, with the sideburns. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, the lackey-sided boots, and he was squatted down with his back up against the corridor. And I said, you've just had a baby girl. And he said, I'm so sorry, I couldn't be there. He said, I couldn't, couldn't bear it. I couldn't watch. But he said, I hope, what's my mate all right? I said, your <laughs> mate did a sterling job. <laughs> One of the things that you, you've mentioned here, Leone, is a challenging time in your career it's just related to what you're talking about there you said that one of the challenges in your career um was as a single mum doing um 
midwifery where you had to include sex education. <laughs> he put oh, yeah, that. that yeah, well, of course, part of your midwifery, um, well, part of the, was your postnatal uh, stuff with mothers. And yeah. part of that was them returning to normal uh, married life with their husbands. And, of course, uh, we, we had uh, sessions with new parents, husbands and wives, about uh, what to expect after after that and of course uh, the kids I would share with the kids some things like I remember my little girl coming home saying that she was looking at a grasshopper giving another grasshopper a bareback ride and so I yeah. used it as an excuse to start telling her uh, at age-appropriate stuff but I had a, 40, a 15 year old daughter and um, she wanted to know what it was I was mm. teaching about when it came to the mothers and sex. Um, and so I used it a bit to, to talk about sex, but mainly uh, aligning it to having had babies um, and the, the, the fact that before you're pregnant, uh, you're far more highly sexed than when you immediately afterwards. Well, she was fascinated. She, and then she brought these boys, four boys home. She said, <laughs> Mum, <laughs> my friends here want to know what you told me <laughs> about sex. <laughs> oh, they said, yes, please, Mrs. Dunn. What was it? I said, guys, I'm sorry. But what I explained to Julie is for your mum and dad to tell you about, not yeah. me. I, what what I what I told her was my experience. It can't be yours. Oh, go on, go on, Mrs. Dunn. We won't tell. We won't tell anybody. Just tell us what you told Julie, and we we, we promise we won't tell anyone. <laughs> I said, look, lads, um, I'm so sorry, but it really is something you should ask your mum and dad about, and tell them perhaps that you've got a friend at school whose parents are talking to her. And you want to know what's going mm -hmm. on. I said, that's about the best I can do. Oh, Julie said, well, that didn't work very well, did it, Mum? I said, Julie, no. <laughs> so I can't talk to them. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you, get a, you get surprises yourself. When I realised she was 15 and I talked to her about um, urges, Sexual urges if she's with boys and if she felt that uh, she should really... I talked to her about um, the pill. She's 15. I said, there are ways to avoid getting pregnant. I don't, you know, if, you've, if you're having sexual urges and you're indulged in sex, then you need to protect yourself. And we talked about the pill. Next thing, of course, being Julie with a million friends, she turns up at the front door with herself and three other of her girlfriends. Okay, mum. <laughs> they want to know what happened. Oh, God. I, <laughs> I, I just uh, I found that doing midwifery. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that. 
I was just going to say it comes, it comes with the territory, doesn't it, around, you know, it's part of the role. So it's a natural extension of that role when it comes to your own children, really. <laughs> yeah, it's just that Julie, my daughter, was very had millions of friends. My son, when I left him a, a book, he wouldn't talk about it at all. No. So I left him a book, which I don't know whether he ever read. But, um, yes, I don't know. What about yourself? Do you have children at all? I, I have grown-up children. I have two grown-up children, but I can relate to what you you were just ta talking about because I can remember a very similar experience with um, my eldest daughter at the time and we kind of I think when you work as a nurse you have very open discussions as you say age appropriate but you know I wasn't somebody who kind of wouldn't answer the question so if they asked a question we would talk about it and a very similar experience to yours where she decided that two of her school friends you know she wanted them to to for me to tell them yeah, I told fine. her and I, I you just reminded me when we were talking because I had to say the same thing you know I'm really sorry but that's for your mummy to <laughs> talk about but yeah and she, was, she was most put out that you know I wouldn't I wouldn't yes she was probably <laughs> worst in the world she was disappointed hugely by her mother that I'm not sharing <laughs> uh, but and it's, still hear this boy say no we won't tell our mums this is stuff you tell us I think it's part it is part of of being a nurse and being a midwife I mean I'm not a mid I've never did my midwifery but I can really relate to that <laughs> So just well, I can remember one of the mothers in the postnatal group had a little three-year-old who wouldn't leave her boobs alone. She'd gone and had another baby, mm. and he was. She said she'd bought dresses with zips, so he couldn't get at them. Mm. And he, she, uh, she came to class to find out if anyone could tell her how to stop him. He was crawling up under a dress, mm. lifting the hem of the dress to go up there <laughs> to get the boob. I remember that poor thing. She said he, he just—he reckoned they're his, and the babies shouldn't have them. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, but anyway, that's virtually, I suppose, working at King Edward and having the children at home and sleeping on that. It was one of those uh, window benches, you know, yeah. that how yeah. under the window. Yeah. And uh, I, I grabbed some a couple of pillows off, off the board and took a blanket in and slept on there a bit for a late early. By the time he got off at late, late at night and then started to get up at six in the morning, it was only about five, six hours sleep. Yeah, yeah. You'd, and I'll never forget that. Um, it was the library at the hospital that I that did that. I mean, when I think about it, it was... Totally inappropriate. I shouldn't have been there. It's a wonder somebody didn't find me and order me out. <laughs> but that's that's the reality, isn't it? Of the, of those times, I think you know. Nowadays, yes, it would. It, you know, that wouldn't be something. You know, you'd get into trouble for that now. But I think back then, 
it was different you know and and those kind of things made it possible for you to continue to work so i think it was different a different era really Knowing what you know now, Leone, and kind of looking back at all the things you've done, what advice would you give to a young nurse who's just starting out on their nursing career? Okay. Um, I would, I think my, my advice would be to listen carefully, but also Keep, keep your own values close by. Don't let anyone else tell you that your values um, have to be put aside to meet somebody else's uh, rules and regulations. Mm. Um, sure, go, go, go with, with what you're told, but always ask why. Why are you doing things that you're doing? Learn from that. And and uh, but hold your values close to your heart. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, uh, and ask a lot of questions, even if other people don't like the questions, ask them. <laughs> 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 and I suppose I would say to any young girl starting out, um, be 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 persistent. Follow, follow what you want to do, and be persistent in in that. Don't don't be pushed around. Ask politely. Good advice. Good advice. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot of lot of bullying goes on yeah. in nursing. Yeah. Like the army, mm. and I did some of it when I think back. When I think back of doing night shift on in Charlie's. I think there were times that I was a bully and it made me stop and think, hang on, I hated this when I was, mm. you know, learning. Mm. Um, it's so easy to, when you're a senior, to think you know it all mm. and think you know people. Uh, so I would say to a, to a young girl starting out, hold your values close, ask a lot of questions, mm. and, and, and be persistent in, in following your dream. If that's your dream, go for it, mm. you know? That's, that would be my advice. And what would you most like to be remembered for, Leonie, in your career? Dragging the old Bunbury Regional Hospital, which was very, as I say, it was the same as the, the Geraldton one, the Collie one, the Kalgoorlie one, the, the, the one at Blooming Albany. Dragging it out of the nine, oh, 1920s, it, it was 
it was just appalling. When I went there to find the equipment was so old and ancient and health department would not give budgets that allowed for a reasonable uh, set of things. Well, I fought and screamed and yelled and carried on and uh, even sent some of our beds and other gear off to, I think it was Cambodia at the time, that was there needing, to, it was some Asian country that needed help with stuff, their hospital. And they sent it back not fit for purpose. That was our stuff that we sent off. Yeah. And they sent it back not fit for purpose. When I think back, the thing I'm most proud of is dragging Umbria Region Hospital out of the 1980s. That was on your sixties, fifties. It was, it was appalling. Mm. I, I couldn't believe. I could not believe that the health department allowed that to go. But then the administrator at the time would put all the requests for new things in the bottom drawer and never send them off. And he was praised mightily by the health department for running a hospital with the budget that he was given. When I was working at Rockingham, the health department came through to see how we were going. We were new. And they were saying, you should really take a leaf out of Rock out of Bunbury's book. They even send part of their budget back to the health department. That's how good they are. Well, when I got to Bunbury, I found out just how dreadful it was. Um, so I'm, I, I guess, and I hired, I hired senior nurses uh, who were able to talk to the staff about about uh, star, uh, patient records, mm. patient charting. That, that was the charting, the records were, were appalling. So I got a senior nurse down from Fremantle Hospital. She wanted to retire. I asked her to come down and implement um, some standards at our hospital, which she did do. She was lovely. Um, I fronted the doctors, the surgeons, uh, a bit about their behaviour in the theatres, throwing, particularly one surgeon, throwing equipment. Well, I mean, you can imagine the state of the equipment. No wonder they threw it around. It was awful. Um, in, the end, in the end, they brought in their own. You know, it was just awful. But I think I'm most proud of bringing Bunbury Regional, as it was then, the old yeah, Bunbury Regional. Yeah, yeah. Uh, up to uh, a fairly good standard in the end. But, gee, that was tough. Mm. Um, I guess that's where I say I was a bit of a bully at times. Um, one, of the, one of the charge nurses came down from medical ward, I remember saying to me... <clears throat> Mrs. Dunn, <coughs> the, the, we have to tell you <coughs> that the staff preferred um, the previous director of nursing to you. <laughs> and I said, really? I said, yes. She was much better as a director of nursing than what you are. I said, okay, well, you know, that's fine. 
I've got to do what I've got to do. And she had to do what she had to do in the administration. I mean, maybe, and, maybe it wasn't so much that you were being a bully. Maybe it was that sometimes when you're in those positions, you have to be assertive to make things happen. Yeah. And, you know, you've talked about standards and record keeping and implementing standards and bringing that hospital up to where it was and to do that you you do have to be assertive and, and set a standard so I, I put that as a, a perhaps an alternative that you know sometimes sometimes people don't don't appreciate it goes with the role to run hospital she would the staff would have to ring her when a new patient came in and she would tell them where to put the patient, even if she was off duty mm. at night. She lived in the unit on the floor. And so she would tell them where to put the patient, what bed they could have. <clears throat> and uh, in the morning she'd go upstairs to see if they'd done what she'd ordered. So that was her life. Yeah. Well, I had, a, I had another life and I, 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 I said, when, when this charge nurse came down and said, Miss McMahon was a lot better than you are. She used to tell us. I said, "How? You know, what? How was? How was the different? What was? What was the problem?" She said, "Well, she used to tell us what to do, and we knew what we should do and what what was expected of us." And I said, "Okay," but I said, "We're paying you to be a charge nurse. Sure, isn't that your job? That's your job." Well, and if you get the look on her face, it was a bit, she was taken aback and hurt that I should suggest that she should be um, doing that stuff. But they, again, times, old habits, old, yeah. old yeah. nursing. Yeah. There was an old nursing style. Yeah. And then the new one started to come in. Yeah. Um, I guess, and I'd come down from the new hospital at Charlie's, so they had all the new stuff. Yeah. And I suppose it was a bit of a, a shock. Here's Joy, who had Bunbury Regional like a baby, and she had to know. I, I enjoyed Joy. She was, yeah. she was good. But she lived on the premises, and she, she controlled every aspect of that hospital for the 20 years that she ran it. And uh, she, my God, she, she was up against St John of God where the nuns ran after the doctors day and night and Joy didn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was great. I, I really enjoyed Bunbury Regional. Well, you've, you've had such a fascinating history, career history, really, Leonie. It's been lovely to hear that and for you to share that story with me and I, I, I really want to thank you for your honesty and you know your reflections and the ability to reflect on on things and situations I think you know there's there's lots of things I can certainly relate to in what you say and you know I, I think yes things are different now in modern day nursing but there's still some things I think that are important about the learnings and we learn from listening to people's experiences. So 
I just want to say thank you very much for taking the time today to share those with me because it's really interesting. Oh, 